When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two barchies and a bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so we are hopping onto the pod without Michael. He'll be back next week. But we're hopping onto the pod to talk about strikes and the updated fall schedule for the CW Uh for anyone who doesn't know, well, I'm sure you know that the writers have been striking for like two months, but the actors are primed to strike now because they did not reach a deal with the AMPTP, right? We're going to see that that's the acronym I'm going to go with. And, Sounds and you, good to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, and so now this means basically Hollywood is going to shut down until an agreement can be made. I mean, there are, there are things that would have finished so they'll continue to go out and there are things that have not, like the Fall TV, those who love it, uh, we're not getting it for the scripted television shows, it looks like. It's going to be reality TV central, uh, which, I mean, happy for the reality TV people. Uh, but for those of us who love a good drama and a good cry, going to miss my shows. Yeah, it, this is, like, unprecedented. This is, like, apocalyptic, it feels like. It's so strange. And it's not even just, like, we won't be able to watch our shows. It's anything that's going to come out won't be able to be promoted. Like we're not going to get our fun YouTube interviews that we're used to, like probably no hot ones, like nothing's going to be happening. And it's, it's going to feel weird as long as it goes on. If, and when it happens, who knows this, this, as we're recording, we don't know if the actors are striking, but by the time we finish recording and the episode goes out very well could be the end of the world in Hollywood. (laughs) Yes. Okay. But my first thought was you, though, because I just remembered red, white, and royal blue. I hope they have things banked that they can just upload (laughs) so you can enjoy the casting. I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, can they do anything in the next hour (laughs) for promotion? You know what? They might. We might hop onto some, like, we need you to record this ASAP. Get the Zooms. They might do so you can have a little something because it's coming out in August. Oh, we're so. all just going to be watching that one GQ interview they did last month. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> Unless I wonder, see, in the age of social media, it's strange because I think technically they could be cute on Instagram, but not the interview I, being I don't official. Know. Like, what are the rules? Like, are you allowed to even say go watch it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if it's already filmed, like if they already filmed their their tie-in stuff, it might be fine. Like they might just be able to drop the link. I'm not even sure. What, they're not allowed to promote. But that doesn't mean we can't be cute on Instagram. 
about our movie and release mm-hmm. behind the scenes material. I I want to know what the fine print says. I don't want anybody to get in trouble, but like, it's going to be weird without promo. Like that's what we're used to with all these big releases. Like we're not going to get a Barbie size promo circuit for the foreseeable future. It seems like. <laughs> oh no. I mean, okay. To be fair though, they do need to strike. It is understandable that everyone is striking. Yes, 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 yes. Because this is about pay and residuals, and uh, it's not about AI. us. <laughs> it's just, we just, you know, we're gonna feel it. Not as much as they're gonna feel it, though. Much yes. um, like to the unions. I, like I hope that the MPD. I'm gonna get back in them at some point. <laughs> sits down with y'all and actually negotiates the, in the way that you need them to do it. I know there's been some dust up about like the 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 industry has changed and you know they they're arguing about well the companies and the actors and the writers are arguing about what is feasible in this economy they each have different opinions on what that means but of course people are going to feel something different than a business will so like in considering the economic crises we've gone through the housing crisis in um california it's a it's a it's a thing. It's a big thing. I think this is an important time in the entertainment industry, and we're all going to be learning a lot. Yeah, we've uh, we've been living through history for the past few years, and we continue to live through history in different facets. Uh, in some of the headlines I've been seeing, some of the quotes that I've been reading, that whether it's anonymous sources or just straight up CEOs of big companies, the it's it's tough to read these perspectives. Like it feels like we all understand why the strikes are important. And then to hear it from that perspective, I'm like, Oh, man, if only I could understand that <laughs> <laughs> the, the perspective of wanting to use a housing crisis against these writers so that it's like a bargaining chip that they give up. It's like, what? I, I, don't, know. I, I, I just failed to, to see that side of it. And every time I like I saw I don't want to name drop because I don't know the full quote, but I saw a headline drop this morning of like direct quotes from a CEO of a large company. Um, And it was it was jarring. It was shocking what he was saying. Yeah, I think because like you read quotes like that and you're like trying to understand from the perspective of a CEO and then you're like, but I'm not a CEO. Like, like they have different concerns, but it's also like, this is the writers have been saying, and I'm sure the actors have been saying it too, that this is like an existential fight. This is like, it's not just about this moment in time, which I think the companies might be thinking about it that way. It's about the future. Like, I Mm. think actor wise, AI is terrifying. Like there's been lots of different um, videos in talking points about how, you know, studios could make an actor say whatever they wanted them to say or do whatever they wanted them to do using AI without their consent. If it's not in their, their contracts that they can't do that or being able to use, I'm sorry, but like if I was an actor and I passed away, I don't want you to digitally put me into a film so I can continue Mm -hmm. acting for you. Like that's just, can I rest? Can I just be like in the grave? Can I be with the Lord? Like what's happening? It really is uh, frightening. And I don't know if anybody listening is, uh, familiar with this side of tiktok but there's like a trend on tiktok where they take famous singers run their voices through ai and they're singing other people's songs mm-hmm. and as fun as it is to be like oh listen to selena gomez sing this taylor swift song it can be fun but it's kind of scary when you think about 
what they can make these people say that they did not say. And if people, other people don't know that it's not really them, because they sound so strikingly similar. I don't know how it happens. It's scary. Like you're being against your own consent. You're saying something you didn't say and anybody could mistake that as you saying it. <laughs> and as an actor, knowing that your likeness could be used against, like I, it's insanity to me that um, it just feels like they're not asking for a whole lot. And considering that, and granted, I don't have facts and figures lined up to pull out right now, but like we've seen in the past year that a lot of these streamers and companies are kind of hurting. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. we're losing money with certain releases, like in the past month with some like big box office releases from some major uh, companies that are used to have throwing anything out and people eating it up. It's just not happening the same way. So I'm like, it feels like maybe we should all like look in the mirror and see like how we can move forward together in a way that's beneficial to everybody. Because like continuing to do things the way that you've done it doesn't seem to be like the best path forward. No, and I feel like so there was a discussion like before these strikes even happened. I think it was happening during the COVID COVID pandemic uh, that you know we had been in an entertainment boom because of the streamers. They were putting out show after show, movie after movie. Not really considering that they were spending a lot of money um, with, and no one was really seeing like they were popular films, but like on the back end, and so they don't share their data in the way that like the box office does in the way that regular broadcast TV does. Everyone's like, how successful are these things? Like they have a popular like audience, like people seem to be watching them, but like, how successful are you? And then the COVID hit and they started like canceling things left and right. Cause they're like, oh, we don't have money. It's like, but you were spending like you were, like you were spending like you had the biggest bucks. And I'm like, oh, we haven't turned a profit yet. Like how, how, how? <laughs> like, and you're yeah. trying to like under understand it. And so then we hit this moment and they're still talking about how, you know, they had to be conservative with their budget. And it's like, you keep saying you have to be conservative with your budget, but then we're seeing y'all merge and we're seeing y'all cancel things and we're seeing yep. you write off things on your taxes. And then looking at series that are supposed to be coming where we're seeing the bottom lines, line is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm, I'm just very confused. Like, I just don't understand. And some of that has to do with how the corporate dollar works, which is uh, different from our regular dollar. So yeah. I just don't, I mean, it's just galling to me in some some of the things that have been said about why, you know, this isn't the moment. But I will say it's never, I feel like, you know, whenever we get up to these conversations, the person who's, or company or whoever is being asked of something, they it's there's it's not the right moment like it's never the right moment to strike a strike is never done in a right moment because you can't and and or any protest you never protest when it's convenient why would that be a thing yeah that's like the antithesis of the point of it yes it's you don't strike because you want to (laughs) (laughs) you You wake up like i'm in a good mood let's like i just decided to strike today i don't know like you strike because something's not right and unjust well, hopefully there is some justice and there's some some meeting at the table at some point. Um, though deadline did hear that they could be waiting until the fall to for to be coming back to the table. <laughs> Circling back to how that affects us selfishly. 
<laughs> buckle up guys it's gonna be if you if anybody lived through the 2007 writer's strike it, that was like i feel in retrospect not as bad as right now because mm. it was like just broadcast right it was just like broadcast cable now we have like everything under the sun falls under this and mm-hmm. we're gonna eh, we're gonna feel this for a while even if they resolve it quickly like it's we're gonna feel the aftershocks of stuff being out of production stuff being greenlit just because they need stuff it's gonna people always talk about how in 2007 we got some uh quote bad shows um so maybe that's gonna happen i don't know i don't know i just okay well it's already affected the fall schedule for the cw um so there will not be a single cw original scripted series on the schedule for the fall all american was supposed to be on there all american we knew that was a lofty goal i know we did (laughs) that was very hopeful on their part and i appreciate the the manifesting that was happening but they had to give in (laughs) they did which so with all american is off the schedule until 2024 so is all american homecoming 61st street which i'm assuming is being moved because it's supposed to be paired with all-american though now that i think about it why would it be if all-american homecoming is being held to 2024 in any case the schedule is going to be interesting um next next year uh walker we already knew was going to be held in superman and lois typically is a mid-season show so that's uh no one expected it to be coming in 2023 but it still seems strange that you know our fall schedule uh it's just not going to give you know it's not, but I do have to give them credit. Are they one of the only networks on broadcast that like has scripted stuff prepared for fall? Yes, but it's acquisitions. So I don't really want to. But will that matter to like the someone who's just turning on the TV and they're like, oh, I'm tired of these game shows and all mm. the unscripted stuff that's going to be on in the fall. Is this going to work in their? I don't know how much it'll work in their favor because we already know their ratings are, you know. I won't finish it the sentence. Might. It might, but like, will CD. it work in their favor if they see like, oh, Chad Michael Murray's on the CW Wednesday nights, and that's up against some reruns of whatever shows on or the millionth ABC game show. No shade, by the way, to the game shows. Like, they're serving, but you know, people are used to scripted in the fall. You know, this might be CW's time to shine. Because I don't think, I mean, so CBS hasn't dropped their advised, their revised fall schedule yet. Um, They probably will by the time we get off this podcast recording. Uh, (laughs) I always feel like CBS is like the biggest network, right? If they're down for the fall and it's all scripted, I mean, it's all unscripted and a few scripted series that were on Paramount Plus, then we might, you know, CW might show out in the fall. Who knows? I mean, ABC is full uh, reality, and Missy hasn't dropped their revised fall schedule yet. Fox is, I believe, full reality plus cartoons. It's like animated series. It's like Simpsons, Family Guy, Bob's Burgers. Like, if you love that, you're set. But if you don't, Fox is not going to be your channel unless you're going to check into some of the new game shows. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe this will work in their favor. Like, NBC will have Magnum, maybe. If they move it, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll 
just a glimmer of hope for the CW, maybe. I don't know. They might be like, it's our time. We can do it. <laughs> I mean, they might, they might. I'm gonna before we get to the um all American season three cast cuts news, I'm gonna jump to the fall schedule just so we can run through it and then we'll bounce back. Um, but so just so everyone's aware, CW's kicking off their fall schedule in September for the first time in quite some time. Uh Inside the NFL starts on Tuesday, September 5th at 8 o'clock. For the sports people, this is your moment. This is your time. Uh, then at 9, The Swarm will be airing. That's the one that's about, like, it's like an eco-thriller. Like, the, I think that's the one with the sea life attacks. Interesting pairing. I know. I think they just they had to go with it. I mean, there's nothing else to go with. Best of luck. <laughs> I know. And then Wednesday, October 4th, Sullivan's Crossing starts. That's the Chad Michael Murray show for anyone who wants to tune in. And the Spencer Sisters, which that's procedural, I believe, right? So Mm -hmm. it's going to, like, I feel like if you like So Help Me Todd, you might like the Spencer Sisters. And So Help Me Todd will not be on, most likely. So if you need that fix, some detective work. Some counter-programming. Yep. And then Thursday, October 12th, F-Boy Island Season 3 will drop. It's a reality TV girly. I mean, it'll be here. It'll be, it's an interesting. It'll be an interesting test. Uh, considering everybody else is shifting to reality TV as well for the fall, I'm not sure if FY Island is in the best spot now. Um, out of everything else on the schedule, but who knows? Perhaps people really want their trashy dating show. And they from in. the Bachelorette or something just join that show. Yes, I believe her name is Kristen. I wonder if that'll be a draw for Bachelor Nation. You know, I might wait. No, but see, the Golden Bachelor will be on. Oh yeah, well, we're everyone's testing the waters. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, since I mentioned it, the Golden Bachelor for those who are interested is going to be a version of an iteration of the franchise in which an older gentleman is looking for I love. I think Golden Girls. Yes, <laughs> it's the Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. Are we sixty-five and up? I think that's what Golden Bachelor is. I don't know. And then on Monday, October 16th, uh, it's going to be that's a full comedy block. So sorry for All American Mondays, but she will not be present. Uh, at 8, it'll be Son of a Critch. 8.30, Run the Burbs. 9, Children Ruin Everything. And 9.30, Everyone Else Burns. It, they're half-hour comedies. So you could test the waters. If you don't like it, you can just bounce. And then Friday, October 20th, Penn and Teller comes back at eight and then there'll be an encore episode of Inside the NFL at nine. Um, and then se- not September, Saturday, October 28th, Magic Show returns. 8 p.m. Masters of Illusions and 9 p.m. World's Funniest Animals will be on. And then we do have a November show that they have scheduled Tuesday, November 14th. Whose Line Is It Anyway returns at nine. Ahead of that, it will be Inside the NFL. So I guess Swarm is not going to be lasting that long. We're really spreading out. We are. Is my takeaway. Mm-hmm. September to November. Reed, I, I think we can confirm, except for I have to do most likely FY Island duties for a hidden remote. But other than that, we shall not be there. I don't think I'll be present. Mm-mm. But I wish them all the luck in the world. Happy for them. We're sorry that happened. <laughs> 
good luck on your journey. <laughs> yes. Speaking of sorry that happened, uh, All American Homecoming season three, we did get notice of the cast cuts. So series regulars are going to be Jeffrey Maya, Sylvester Powell, Netta Walker, and Mitchell Edwards. Corey Hardwick and Royal Ivy King will also be series regulars, but they'll have a reduced episode count. Reminder, this season will be 13 episodes. So we don't know what reduced means in um, this case, whether that means they're like shaving off three episodes for those two actors, or if it means they'll be in half the season only. And then recurring um, will be Kelly Jennerette. She Deadline had reported that she decided to opt out of being a series regular with a reduced episode count and instead chose to be a recurring um, actor on the show. Uh, so I guess we still will be seeing Auntie. We just won't be seeing her as often. And then uh, Peyton Alex Smith, otherwise known as Damon, on the show, uh, Though he was the male lead, he is likely going to be recurring. He's not going to be a regular series, a series regular anymore. But there hasn't been any information on what status he'll be in recurring or how many episodes he'll be in. And then Camille Hyde is still to be determined as where she'll fall, whether she'll be recurring or a guest star or will not be in the season at all. That was a big shock to me. I know. I I feel like. Their cuts were more conservative than Superman and Lois's, but they still gonna have a big impact on the show. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what not only how it the dynamic shift, but like what story they're going to tell mm-hmm. when they're losing these constant um presences on the show. I don't know. No, it's a question. I think um I didn't keep up with Ellen Eck and Homecoming, so I don't know where they ended their season on. I just know that like with them coming back in 2024, it'll be interesting if you know they really ramp up the sports aspect since they will be in the spring season. Mm-hmm. And how that will impact how that will impact the show moving forward. Um I do want to caution, I know like with these changes at CW that people who are invested in the longer running shows who are concerned that, you know, these might be final seasons. Um, once again, please don't get ahead of yourself. We actually have no idea what the CW is going to be doing. They have changed their game plans so many times that it's hard to keep track of what exactly they're looking for. But even, you know, with the changes that are coming, it doesn't necessarily mean the CW originals that we're used to are all going to go off in 2024. I know they, like, they popped out in the news early on saying, like, yeah, we're going to have, like, a reduced... Um, pre next star um, roster and like and like they're going to keep phasing them out but I don't necessarily think that's going to end up being the case it's ended up to me it looked like behind the scenes from like an outside perspective this is harder than they thought it was going to be mm-hmm. as we said at the top the whole industry is on fire so um, I'm personally focused on that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like for me I feel like cancellations have like exited my mind for anything i feel like no like they're trying to survive and keep the lights on and keep people paid and so um yeah i don't know i don't know y'all don't panic just read the news and at this point no one's panicking more than the actors themselves and the writers people whose actual livelihoods depend on these shows yeah i promise you you're not worrying more than they are yeah though i will say mole 
please protect Kennedy McMahon. I really, really want the good lawyer and I need, uh-huh. <laughs> I need them to like have that show on a schedule next year. Like I, I know, I know what I just said, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I need ABC. Like I, I'm like, I know what I just said, but I need ABC to, to, to announce the fate of the good lawyer and also home economics. I'm like, can we please, please, please. <laughs> I just need to know. <laughs> And again, I know what I just said, that there's a lot bigger going on, but I'm like, I just, I, I need it to feel peace, a little, a, a little small amount of peace. I need it. <laughs> and they're just like, let us, let us know. Cause they, they know, they know. So I don't know why they just can't just share. Yeah. You know what? You're right. They do know. And I'm like, why are we dragging this on? Like extending cast options. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well, see if we get extending cast options, like, I feel like that means we're okay. And we're crunching numbers, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, because, like, mm-hmm. you know, not to go on a tangent about TV, but the Magnum PI decision. I mean, what is this whole podcast, Sabrina? It's going on a tangent about TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. But it's like, it's like not CW related. I think it's because, like, CW is like, we have an airtight schedule, we're fine. But the, um, but like, the Magnum PI decision to cancel them instead of extending options. I had to do, I think, with the fact that they had already completed part two. And then the showrunner had said it wasn't going to end on a cliffhanger. So it's a satisfying ending. They left some things open, but it's a satisfying ending. So I feel like NBC was like, well, just, you know, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to let y'all go. We're not going to extend cast options because we don't even know how uh, part two was going to play. Even though apparently at the PI, though it wasn't doing the numbers it had been doing at CBS, it was still doing well. I think what was said. So with these ones, I'm like, if it's cast, if we're doing cast options, that tells me the studio wants to keep it. They're just trying to figure out how to move forward. Mm -hmm. I wonder too, if um, in the wake of strikes, if networks will be like uncanceling certain shows because they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it might be easier to just do another season of that than to do a whole new pilot season cycle. I mean, I mean, as we said at the top again, a lot of unknowns that we're going into. So Unprecedented times. Very much so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Well, moving into Nancy, <laughs> the so we're doing a double feature because we weren't on last week. So the double features are back. They are it's so fun. I feel like these were the two of the best episodes to do double features on. They were, I loved them. They were great, and they were so different too. Like we start out with a time travel episode. Like we're in the seventies, just cause. Like it's just really fun. 
are both standalone too, technically. True. Yeah. I mean, like they they furthered the character development, but we kind of would just vibe it. Yeah, I loved it. Actually, you know, it's interesting that we do. They did seventies, and then um, episode seven of the season is eighties. I wonder if we'll get nineties. Ooh, I want it. I did too. Have I we had a flashback it. to, like, we've had flashbacks, right, to Ryan and Lucy in the nineties. We have, we have had uh, flashbacks to Ryan and Lucy in the news, but not like it wasn't the whole episode though. Like it was just wouldn't fit, but like I want it. (laughs) Like a like a um like a dream sequence or something. She gets dropped in there somewhere. It'd be really fun. Yeah, Nancy time travel again. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the time travel episode though, Tristan was back. Uh, I was was. excited to see him again. It had been a bit. Um, he was just as adorable as he has been since the beginning, since we've met him. I think that I really like him in um, Nancy's chemistry. Kind of wish this wasn't happening in the final season. Uh, but I mean, I kind of adore them thereby. Like for as a as an interim relationship, I like it. Yeah, I I don't know if it'll ruffle any feathers, but like I enjoyed these their scenes together. And I know like there's the bigger picture, Nancy and A stuff going on. There's a lot of anxiety around that um but like when he comes to her door in the suit with the flowers like i don't know like they they did it so successfully to like build that chemistry and to like make that moment feel like something like and i don't know if it would be something that i would particularly root for or like want to see like more of like a fully like formed relationship maybe if this was a show in like 2001 and it had 22 Mm -hmm. episodes we would have room to explore that but like for what it is for I know we don't have much time with them but like from what we've gotten so far like I feel like it's enough for me just a little like appetizer depending on where we're going with it like we don't we still don't really know the extent of what this connection is I don't want to call it a relationship um but but yeah I really I really enjoyed it the way that they played well off of each other um it it was a different kind of pairing for nancy Mm -hmm. to be on a like supernatural journey with like it was really fun and i know there's theories and i don't know if we want to get into any theories about tristan but like looking back i'm kind of like hmm maybe the fans are on to something about tristan but like i didn't have any of those theories while watching i just took it at face value as like this you know he's just some regular dude who's suddenly in supernatural world and he's like oh wow this is he's just taking it all in stride um so i don't know it worked for me the whole thing worked for me and i guess it's just i'm easy to please in this final season (laughs) i'm letting it happen to me so i'm like i'll take anything i don't care (laughs) i think they've done a good job uh establishing it's kind of like it's rebound right like it, you can yeah. feel that it is and not that that's not like a put down it just it seems like it's a very he's a person in her life who's getting her out of her breakup funk and he doesn't really know what's going on back there he's not um tied to their friend group in any way he just delivers seafood to the claw so it's a way for nancy to have a relationship relationship connection not romantic relationship but just a bond with somebody who is not entangled with her in any way like it's um her friends 
are kind of weighing in, but they're not weighing in and, and like he's a part of the friend group. They just know he's a dude that likes her and she kind of likes him and like mm, see what's going on over there. I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I enjoy that she's lighter around him because mm-hmm. oftentimes um, this season, Nancy, by necessity, it feels really heavy. She's going through a lot and um, she's her heaviest, obviously, around Ace. And she has some of that around her friends, too, because they know what's going on what's going on so when she's around tristan she's lighter um and it's another world and it's nice um their little trampies around 70s hershey bay and figuring things out was cute Uh, his excitement over you know being time traveling i thought was really great and it was nice to have a character who's like who knows about this so he's super excited instead of like really freaked out it's just another adventure for him and that he decided to get her mind for things by asking her to prom which yeah. i think she didn't she didn't go to her prom because of um because of her mom passing correct yes that's what she, yeah, that's what she said i think it's really essential for nancy not only as a character but for the story to feel to have someone that makes her feel desired again or someone that makes mm-hmm. her feel loved because that I think at the center of this whole situation is kind of what she's feeling like she's feeling rejected by Ace kind of I don't I don't want to speak for her I know she's spoken but that's what I'm getting kind of connecting these two threads and I think it's just, I think it's really important to show that no matter where it goes whether it's just like this is the totality of this relationship is her just feeling like she's able to feel these feelings again or if she actually does feel something for Tristan that can uh, be more than just a time travel slow dance one-off yeah I think yeah it is sort of her way of being able to be romantic when she can't be romantic with the person that she'd wanted to be with yeah it's like escapism kind of yeah, which is like fine. I think he kind of knows what it is. Like he's not pushing for anything more than what she's giving, which is which is nice. I thought their whole like spider adventure, like the dream was it dream spider, time travel spider, whatever the, the official name they gave that arachnid. Um is it arachnid? Arachnid. Uh was was cool i don't know i just i mean i didn't like seeing all the big giant spiders even though they were very nice cgi work there like it just felt felt really good i but i like that it was sort of all by the time they realized what was really going on it was all hands on deck once he escaped and she couldn't get back through the um the streamers to to their front to her front group and i like that they were sort of separate and then everybody else had their own thing going on like you have ace trying to find chunky and Nick being pulled along for the ride. Heard my favorite word, chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to chunky, um, it was, it was, uh, I don't know what I want to say about this, but it was Ace that like ended up. He like killed the big spider to save Nancy, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, I've seen fans say this too, like, he says, like, love is not death, or like, that's not. <laughs> that was not dying for someone you love, like, you're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and then he, like, goes and he's, like, throws himself at this big spider to stab it in the chest, and it was kind of like, okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, the the relationship dynamics that went on between time travel and spiders and ferrets 
there if there was a lot more to unpack than I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> it really became metaphors for things. It was amazing. I, I was like, y'all, we're doing too much. He just released the ferret because he didn't want to take credit. He saw her slow dancing and he was like, I'm, I'm going to bow out. I'm not going to take credit anymore for the ferret. I'm going to let her find the ferret on her property. And that was not what happened. <laughs> it was it was deep, and that was just funny because, you know, in our group chat, just to share with everybody else, I was screaming about how, like, justice for Junkie, like, you should yeah, be brought home. Chunky riots. <laughs> like, Chunky <laughs> riots. And Reed was like, I promise you they're going to update you in the next <laughs> they episode. They did, but it was, like, it was different. <laughs> it was different. It was, I, well... Okay, I don't want to hop to, let's just hop to, to episode seven and we'll jump back to episode six if we need be. But it was different because according to Ace, he let Chunky go because he wanted, he felt like Chunky was him and Chunky wanted to be free. He wanted to be free like Chunky. And I was like, Ace, Nancy yelling at you is me right now. He's a beloved domesticated pet and you just let him loose in in by the way our girl connected those dots so quickly she was like i heard florence why were you here why do you have a bandage on your finger i recognize those teeth marks oh my god you released she's like immediately she was like we're playing this board game but i have time to come at you for chunky <laughs> she did especially she also noticed she's like why is nick humanely trapping vermin in the claw what is what's happening <laughs> she what was that like 45 seconds of dialogue for kennedy as she was like um yeah getting it together and i said oh oh no it's even funnier that george is on the phone while nancy is yelling so you can't even quite hear what nancy is saying and george is trying to have a, a sincere honest conversation with carson as nancy's blowing up in the background <laughs> <laughs> but from my understanding we still don't have eyes on chunky he's still mia right yes okay Chun well chunky is hanging around well, he could be around Icarus Hall, or he could have made his way back to the Claw. Hmm. Interesting. He, I, who would have thought that Chunky would be the through line of the final season? <laughs> you know, I thought we thought cute first case for Nancy, and the writers were like, "No, deep exploration for character work in yeah, metaphor." I. I don't like I just, I feel like as soon as A said I wanted to be free like chunky or paraphrasing I don't know what he said exactly but as soon as he said that I was like I'm for my own <laughs> sanity I'm choosing to ignore that <laughs> and no no shade to anybody that is like on board with the chunky metaphors I just like not that I was like my reading is better but I was like I don't it just doesn't fully make sense to me it just was a lot a lot of work for me to get from point a to point b with the chunky metaphor i don't know well they went feel full, the same way i was not prepared for him to say that that yeah. he wanted that he let him go because he wanted to be free just like chunky because it was it was very much to me giving season one ace and i just don't know if that was where ace would have been by season four I mean, I know, like, in episode six, the whole point of him trying to find Chunky is that he wants to get back to a friendship with Nancy. And he feels like if he can just provide her with the ferret that she's supposed to be looking for, that they can be like they were back then. It's it's something that he would have done anyway. And so he's, he's taking time off of work to go look for this ferret while 
<laughs> Nick takes care of him <laughs> because Nick's very <laughs> aware his friend is not in a good place emotionally. So he's trying to be supportive. But um, I don't know. I just felt like, did, he, did we need to be free like Chunky though? Couldn't we have just, he's still somebody's pet. See, the way, the way that you just described pre-release Chunky, in my mind, it makes more sense for him to have released the, this ferret because he didn't want, he no longer needed that, right? He no mm-hmm. longer needed that credit. He no longer needed to be seen that way by Nancy. He didn't need that validation because he's, it, just in my mind, it made more sense that he saw her interest in, felt a pang of jealousy, but was like, it seems more ace to me to be like, I'm going to let her do that because she, exactly what he said, I want us to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like him seeing that was like, oh, she can be happy without me. And so in my mind, him releasing Chunky was like, I don't need to take this credit. I don't need this validation from her. I don't, like, she can find him on her own. And just feel like releasing Chunky on her property was a way of putting Chunky closer to her <laughs> so that she could find him on his own. I, my prediction with the whole Chunky thing was that, like, we're going to come into episode seven. She's gonna be like, I found Chunky. And Ace is going to be like, oh, you found him. Where'd you find him? And it was just going to be that whole situation. Um, I don't know. And I thought the her hearing the car at the end of episode six was just like, because Tristan didn't, he didn't put any like value on that. He's like, oh, it's just a car. I didn't like, I didn't, there's nothing special about it. And, but she's like, did you hear that? Like, obviously I felt like, okay, she recognized that sound or she it stood out to her and then at the very end of episode six we see the leaves blow into icarus hall and hear the squeak which i really wish they would have showed chunky run through so that we would have known it was chunky Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't i i've lost my train of thought just because this whole (laughs) ferret storyline has turned my brain into scrambled eggs a little bit it got built there's a depth to it that just is very surprising. unexpected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it just really is. I feel like to continue to talk about Nace for them to. Do I want to? Sh- yeah. Okay, I'm gonna share this part. Um, I feel like we're doing a bit much, uh, for where they were in their relationship. I feel that it is. It is peak romance. It is peak Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. Like it is, um, it's a lot. And I know some people are really enjoying it, but like it's, we don't need to do so much in order for this relationship to be valid or for even it to their, be endgame. Even their like tearful fight argument conversation they had in episode seven felt a little like, in my opinion, non-essential to the episode we were watching. Mm-hmm. Which that feels controversial, but you know what? I'm gonna stand by it. Like I, I don't just that scene. I was like, "There's a lot happened." You're right. There's a lot going on for this couple. We haven't seen them fully together, and we're still building toward getting them together. There's just a lot of like moments of conflict still. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I it's don't know. well. They even had so in episode six, they had Nick ask Ace, was it ever really friendship? And me, as a Drusian, is just sitting there like... I know, I needed him <laughs> to put like like a like a qualifier on that. 
Yeah. Like, when was it ever really like? Be more specific, Nick. Like, when are you talking? <laughs> like, what is the time frame you're talking about? Because I know it wasn't when you were dating Nancy. Because like, that wasn't a that was a non-issue when Nick and Nancy were together. Like, Ace was very much not on that radar, as far as I'm concerned. This memory serves for me. So I'm like, can we say like in the past? I, I, we don't need to get super specific. And be like in the past month. Has it been like, I just need him to like put a qualifier on that because it does feel like kind of a bit of an erasure of what we have seen mm -hmm. to just kind of pretend that it's been the whole time. Like if you were just watching this season, like if you happen to randomly see three runs on TNT, which isn't a thing right now, but like, I'm just imagining like when I was a child and I was watching a show out of context in reruns and it was like the fourth season and like that's all the information you're getting. If you're getting only the information from this season, it tells a different story, I feel like, than if you watched it from the beginning. And that's not to put the show down. I don't want anybody to get my words twisted. <laughs> I'm just saying some of the things in this season, I'm like, we need to be a little bit more specific with how we're talking about this relationship. I think I what I added on to what you said was more controversial. So <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like so it's giving um, soap opera when it's been, you know, some years or like maybe even a decade since a, a character has been back. Like off the top of my head, it'd be like when um, Hope came back and bold and beautiful and then the show just pretended she had never been been married to Wyatt Spencer, Liam Spencer's brother. Liam is Hope's big love, right? And so I remember when she she hopped into the, like when they did the storyline, I was sitting there I was like, I know y'all are not trying to have me sit here pretending like she was not married to his brother at one point. Why is he talking like he's never been married to this woman in his life? Like it's just, just gaslighting you. Yeah. <laughs> just like and and um they just don't ever really have scenes which is fine with me. I wasn't like sold out to why and hope they were fine when they were on together. But like the, that's kind of what Nancy's giving. It's giving like Nick and Nancy were never together. Don't know what you mean. Like when just like a season ago, like that was the big deal. Like she's watching Nick and George get engaged and everyone was still like, how are you feeling girl? <laughs> no. And even then we were like, what is going on? <laughs> like, why is she still concerned about this? <laughs> I don't know. Is the, <sighs> like I, it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things but like sometimes you pick up on these things and you're like eh, wait we needed to maybe think about what that that means and I don't think we should have to like reach a little bit to recontextualize these things yeah I feel like it because a lot of what has happened and obviously in previous seasons informs the character growth so yeah. I feel like there's no real need to have erasure we could just have conversations like and they do it all the time in the show, you know, like we we do tend to refer to something that happened in the past that we're now like, we're bringing up again because it's relevant. So for this, I'm like, can we, Nick can talk to Ace about Nancy without trying to like have it be as if he was never dated, he'd never dated Nancy himself. Like it's not Yeah, really and like without trying to minimize the importance of that relationship that was very important to both of them. Yeah. And I know that Nick has obviously moved on but even if he has moved on, it doesn't mean that that time isn't important to him or impacted him in some way. So I feel like, I don't know. It, you're right. It's just kind of like, 
I don't know what else to add to that. <laughs> I don't know. It just, well, it also seems like it would be like a, a, a line best served by Bess, since that's Ace's Blatanker. Yeah. Uh, but she is not Team Nace right now. She's very much Nancy, go get yours, girl. Have some fun <laughs> out there. <laughs> like, that's who she is, which I think is throwing some people off, which I, I think is also understandable considering she is the closest person to Ace. So I, the assumption would be that even if she wasn't team Nace, she wouldn't necessarily be team Tristan and, and, and Nancy, but she is yeah. like, I don't just date, just, you know, feel better. That's what she is wants it, for her. Is she doing that because she's trying to protect Ace? They haven't given us dialogue on that. Like if I want, I could, you could infer it, I guess, but she doesn't seem to be having any conversations with Ace or about Ace when it comes to like Nancy's relationships, uh, relationships with Nancy's connection to Tristan. So mm-hmm. we're in a very intriguing spot with her in terms of that whole romantic storyline going on. But to go back to something you said uh, earlier, uh, I too felt like the Nancy Ace scene in the middle of the, like before we start doing the board game was a little off. I, I Not well acted again. That's not like the issue. Oh, they're uh, beautiful. it's it's the always (laughs) always right but it's the amount of emotion and yearning off of what we did if if we had gotten two seasons of nace preparation i'd be there with them but we got half a season if that we got the last few episodes of season three and yes we were chugging along but then we like we we hit the tracks and we were just rolling and so now i just feel like i'm on on like i don't know on skates, <laughs> like trying to keep up with where they're going with with the with the show went with them, especially the breakup scene. We got a second breakup scene. Yeah. Which again, wonderfully acted. Totally felt them. I loved that we it was a parallel. I saw someone paralleled it between the first episode of the season and um that the episode we watched episode seven and it, it matches. She he leaves instead of staying. Yeah. But didn't Nick also say in this episode to Jade he said like he they just broke up but they weren't really even together mm-hmm. he said something to that effect and i was like oh not nick coming for their scouts <laughs> <laughs> he was like facts but then he also had a line about how when he's telling jade about uh nancy and ace and their doomed love he, he was like i don't want us to be like that and i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you're actually dating jade these two have not even sat down for some dinner or, or a muffin. We haven't even gotten coffee. I need, need y'all to chill. <laughs> Nick was so tired in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God, it was, are we pivot? Let's pivot to Nick. Mm-hmm. We'll probably circle back to Ace and Nancy at some point, but I love a Nick episode. And Kennedy yes. said as much to us on Twitter. We love a Nick episode. He was the carryover dad energy from the past two episodes but like we get to see Tunja be an action hero mm-hmm. like to see nick be the the hero oh it was just incredible and like even i know i said a few pods ago that this show does not objectify nick or ace and i still stand by that even though nick like ripped off his sleeve and he ripped off the front of his shirt and we got to see part some of his body as he's being an action hero I still don't think it was I don't I don't think it was objectification. It was just like adding to the mm-hmm. the intensity of Nick stepping up and ugh, I don't know. I just the, the whole sequence of him in the claw, 
after he tells Jade to leave because he can't do this if he's concerned about her, which adorable. Um, it was just an incredible, it, it like to me rivaled the Superman and Lois season finale where like my jaw was just on the floor for like the last act. Like it was like right up there. I was like so inter- unbelievably entertained <laughs> just watching him in his silver. <laughs> Me too. I had the same thought. I was like, this is giving Superman and Lois season three finale. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like, we don't have the same budget, but I promise you, you're going to get the same feeling. And it it exactly was that. He was, um, he was very much an action hero, as is very much holding out for a hero. Like that song was not playing, but that is what uh, he was I giving. Tr- I tried to Shazam the song because I was like, this is some like 80s. Our friend Daniel probably knows what it is if it wasn't just some like random royalty free thing and it was an actual song. <laughs> but I couldn't, <laughs> I wanted to Shazam it and Shazam couldn't pick up on it. Um, but the song was incredible. It just fit the whole vibe of this throwbacky, campy, practical effects, Buffy charms. You said like, disney nickelodeon horror thriller stranger things like it was all like wrapped up in that realm and i love when the show nods to that because it does it so well it just it feels like a breath of fresh air from the past if that makes sense it does well because it feels like i love it's very much a know your tv history sort of vibe with this episode because the it is if you were a kid growing up in the 90s in the early 2000s like this just emulates it so well like this was the stuff we were watching just with like older characters like they they would have been um skewed younger when we were watching but it's like are you afraid of the dark it's like creepy stuff it's very much uh this probably would have been someone's favorite episode when they were younger it's my favorite episode one of my favorite episodes of nancy drew now it's i just i really love how smart the nancy drew writers are and i loved how like you do have like uh nick being very very much the hero and very very much husband material as he's running around this claw (laughs) like in in like destroying things and and being the being the one to take down uh the grim and then you have uh jade his significant other they come popping through the door and they there's how like i was like how are we doing conflict resolution in the middle of him trying to take down the supernatural being but it's working. It's serving. He's explaining to them what was going on and why he hasn't been upfront about what's going on in his life. And they're just absorbing it. Jade is like, a lot's going on right now, but I'm down. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> like they throw that silver platter and it hits, it hits the grim. And Jade's like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do next? And and he's like, I need you to leave. <laughs> Thank you, but I need you to go. I see. I was a little bit confused, and this is our favorite segment. Reed asks a stupid question. Um, I couldn't tell if Jade could see, like, if anybody else could see what the group was seeing with the Grims and stuff in the board game, because no one could see, like, when Bess was tied up at the when she was giving her statement with Carson. Like, no one could see that, but Jade could see the Grims that Nick was fighting. I'm not trying to call it inconsistency. I just couldn't figure out if. Jade could actually see that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I was con- I was wondering about that too because, like you mentioned, nobody else can see anything else, and I don't know if, like, one, this is supposed to be an indicator that Jade has been around the supernatural before, 
and therefore can see beyond the veil or something or if Jade is just perceptive and they were able to tell if the grin was in front of Nick because Nick was cowering backwards and looking right at the person but I feel like Jade also threw something else and shouldn't have been able to know where the grim was I don't know but was Nick in that end scene he was fighting the big group of them the with the one that was holding the green globe right that's what he was fighting at the end yes that big group <laughs> but they all could the whole group could see that in the beginning oh, they just okay. couldn't see each other's from the I think I just answered my <laughs> our question <laughs> okay so you can see the one with the I guess green everybody board. can see that but like when it's your turn on the board only you can see what you're fighting okay I guess is the gist okay that makes sense then yeah so okay we got no, there critical thinking we did we it we got there yes <laughs> okay so Jade perhaps has not encountered the supernatural before but if they're going to be Nick's partner they have are along for the ride now. Honorary member Welcome. of the Drew group. Welcome. <laughs> yes, please sit down, enjoy. And they didn't seem to, it didn't seem to be a, a deal breaker for them. They were mm -hmm. like, well, hand me some silver. What do I got to do? As jarring as it was to get all that information at once. <laughs> they were oddly game. I don't know if I would have been the same way. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I was a little distracted by Jade though too, because they're wearing a piano top. With like a little sweater and I was like I was like oh I want that but like also <laughs> like I I feel like it just I think this season everyone's kind of just there with the supernatural because even the police chief even though the police chief's reaction was to be like I saw that and I reject it I reject it from my narrative <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jade's reaction was like I saw that and it's a part of you and I'm here let's kiss in this beautiful close-up shots with the moonlight <laughs> coming through the window <laughs> it was very that it was I, and again i do love the conflict resolution there because at the top of the episode our man was just trying to have a date with their person and, and he was he was exhausted after the one-two punch of ace and then nancy but there was a lot of humor in this episode from nancy consistently being a menace with her Nickerson chance <laughs> and just completely ignoring his better judgment and killing them all in the board game and be like, well, it's up to you now. And then Ace has gotten got a few like one liners, like him kicking off his shoes. There's another one that he really got me. I don't remember what it was, but there there were some moments of humor that I I mean, the show does that so well, throwing humor in and keeping it a little lighter, even though there was a lot of heavy stuff. <laughs> It's true. I was the, the ace thing? Was it when he had to pull the hair off of the the figure? And there he was like, "Oh, lock of hair." And Nancy is like, "I think you actually have to take it off the scalp." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Rip. "Some of those fights were like really gory, like when Nick twisted the foot off of the one Graham." I was like, mm -hmm. "That was a lot." Okay, so okay, now I have to circle back to what we were talking about earlier about budget for TV shows. You see how we could do something amazing without breaking the bank? Like yeah. we that that's like I think majority all like um practical effects. It's like a someone made a foot and they dipped it in some goo. Like we yeah. we have an actor who's actually the the character with the orb. You know, the orb lights up inside. Wouldn't be surprised if it was battery operated and not put in and post. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it that's another part of the nostalgia factor, right? Because that is what we were watching back before they had like they went CGI crazy and were in post for a year in order to do things. 
they just made stuff. Yeah. And you know, it was especially nostalgic to this point, but also kind of not about practical effects. The voiceover of the game board <laughs> was like so nostalgic to me for some reason. I don't know. It was just a really nice campy addition to the whole thing. Yeah, they used, <laughs> they used to do a lot of voiceovers in the game shows, especially for kids. Like, it didn't sound like Legends of the Hidden Temple, but like that's the like the voice I was used yeah. to hearing as a child. And then I feel like they would always interrupt the kids' game with some type of announcer. So, or especially if it was a woman, it's like time is running out. Like it's like <laughs> <laughs> those were like the thing. So it just reminded me of of, of that where like you have this really uh what's the word I'm looking for I'm gonna just be 80s rad this really rad voice (laughs) playing over the game and it's just I mean yes Nancy Drew like yes but the game they didn't get what they wanted out of it right they didn't so they wanted to release um Ron they didn't release him but somehow for reasons he was able to communicate after the orb had been uh, He had his own destroyed. game piece. Yeah, he, it appeared. At the end. And he was, uh, he was at Town Hall, and that is where the Black Door is. Okay. We got, I mean, they got there. They did. <laughs> that, speaking of the board, though, it was, it was life. That was, <laughs> that's basically what we looked like we, we were doing um, with these amazing, like, figures. Kennedy said she took her Nancy one, as she should, because <laughs> yeah. it was amazing. I couldn't tell if those were real or not. I, I they were I mean, obviously bright. it was, because she took it home, but. No, I, I see what you mean, though, because they were, they were kind of, the way that they had them lit, like, if they wanted, if they were special effects, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if someone said that they were. Uh, yeah. But they must have been 3D printed. Uh, yeah, the cinematography for the board game was incredible. Like, you'd think, like, characters playing a board game would be kind of isolating. It's like, you can't see that. But the way that they focused on the board game made you feel like it was... It just felt really larger than life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made the episode so special. Is like, they're playing a board game. But we're, like, involved in every aspect of it. Like, we can see the mm-hmm. close-ups on the board, like... I don't know. I just really love this episode. <laughs> they have this whole, I feel like this this season is like nostalgia though, which I wonder if that's going to become, I mean, it's already a through line, but I wonder if there's going to be a reason for it because they have like every episode, there seems to be something seated that like is reminiscent of the past. I mean, but, mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more um, apparent. Like obviously it, it's a season about like, the not the claws the Hershey Bay's wrongs past wrongs but to have that even be in like the prop things too mm-hmm. is just really great I mean the um I'm never gonna be over best rolling out that TV with the VHS tape to pop in <laughs> <laughs> like it was just I was like just so many flashbacks like I'm just like yes girl show that videotape from the 80s please mm-hmm. loved it oh and the um the overhead project not the overjected the uh they did that. I wish I remembered what it was called, but you put the little piece of plastic over it that has the drawings on it oh, and it yeah. projects. That is throwback. Yeah, and they did that in the 70s episode. So like, I just, weird. it has to be a, a reason for it. I, I know I already asked them all for a table pop book for, a coffee table book for um, Riverdale, but I want one 
specifically for Nancy Drew season four. <laughs> I know. Like, like, I want to know. I feel like we don't get enough information from the creative team outside of like if we're asking on Twitter. Like I want mm-hmm. a documentary. I want a retrospective. I want the coffee table book to explain the effects and stuff. Like it just doesn't get what it deserves. It doesn't. You know, this is why the studio should be putting them money. Like right? less super expensive shows that may or may not hit and more like coffee table books paying for uh, retrospectives or like featurettes to go on the complete series box set that just really tell you about the journey of making the show. It really helps build the legacy of the shows as well, because like nowadays a show can be super beloved, but it lives and dies on the streaming service sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, but we have like supplemental materials for like Seinfeld and friends. And I'm not nagging on that. Like they're not just those two shows, but there are shows that are so steeped in pop culture and will never not be, mm-hmm. but that's because we have so much other information to outsource to besides just watching the episodes. Like there's books, there's specials, there's reunions, there's all these other things, but shows today, it's just like you air, you hit your designated streaming service. And then we talk about you on Twitter sometimes every six months. We'll be like, Oh, remember the show. <laughs> that's That's about it. And, and it's, I don't understand why. Like, there are certain shows I figure will probably get something afterward, after they completely finish, like, Stranger Things, obviously. Uh, you know, when Euphoria ever decides to come back, I think it's 2025 for them. By the time they end, there'll definitely be something. I mean, if they're going to give Sam Levinson access to film, like, the like actual film-grade film to do season two, y'all can pay for a book. Yeah, I think they actually do. They release like hardcover, a box set of the season one scripts. Really? I'm pretty sure. And it was like 90 bucks. Is this a fever dream? Am I making this up? Somebody, somebody tell me. Is this for Stranger Things or for Euphoria? Euphoria. Wow. Yeah, I think that's that happened. We'll Google after. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know what? Can we get some treatment (laughs) for that for other shows? (laughs) You know, right? I put some respect in their name. My goodness. Um, I think that might be it for Nancy. Oh, wait. I wanted to check in on the romances. So we gave our nice temperature, which is, you know, we're not boiling, but we're here. We just want to the train to move in a way, I guess, that makes sense in the story without devaluing things that came before. Um, I feel like the... Obviously, Ace's love interest has to come soon because we have reached the halfway point of the season. Um, Fanson, I know some of the Fanson shippers are a little worried considering how into Jade he is. And they do seem to be making a point of like he is with Jade. And that's that might end up being endgame. I'm not sure. It was, their relationship ended no. up being more serious in episode seven than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, it's it works for what it is now, but things can change on a dime. Jade can one day be like, this is too much for me. I, like, I always just remember how quickly Ace and Amanda ended, right? Mm, like true. Ended. I mean, they were together for a, a while, a lot of it off screen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I want to say. 
but like when it ended it ended um so yeah i like i know there's a lot of anxiety about the specific relationships and i do kind of feel it but there's a part of me that's like and i know we only have six episodes left like this is we're hitting we're past the halfway point so i'm kind of like okay we need some things to either start boiling or like we're dumping the boiled water out because it's you know we're done with it so i'm like well what's gonna happen but i'm i'm not super 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 concerned because i know how things work on the show like things can just at the drop of a hat like they have one case and poof the character ramifications and personal ramifications of a specific case can change anything um but the george and nick thing ace turning that's a i think we just opened up a new conversation as we were preparing to end but it reminded me that ace went to george asking about like jealousy like, how do you feel seeing Nick with um, Jade? And George was kind of really nonchalant about it. She didn't seem to really put too much stock in that. Yeah, it was interesting. Right? She did. I think that I'm not sure how much time has passed because, you know, time is loosey-goosey in, um, yeah. in Nancy Drew. But she did seem to be like, you know, it's not great, but, you know, I've bothered myself into work. I'm fine. They do, they do seem to have. <laughs> that was the line. He was like, I have dead bodies at the work. That's <laughs> yes. that <was> the line. <laughs> Which was you know, great response from, from Ace. He's like, I'll just be amongst the dead. It's fine. Um, but the, I don't know, I found that conversation to be interesting because he, you know, it should be fresh for George, but she's not really acting like it's fresh. Now she is a compartmentalizer at times. So it could be that like yeah. if they wanted to do an episode where she just pops out and says that she's struggling, they could definitely do that. I mean, we were popping out with a lot of things. Like we had discoveries, this um learning difference discoveries in this episode, which threw me happy for the representation, just threw me a bit. Um, yeah, it was um uh What's the adjective I want to use? It was a unexpectedly grounded moment for an episode like this. Mm -hmm. Like it was very uh, entrenched in like on a human level. Like it was like humanity in an episode that was, okay, we're fighting board game monsters. Um, not saying that it didn't have a place or didn't fit. It just was kind of like, oh, I was not expecting Carson to get that real over the phone with George. Like you said, great representation. It was just like, oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get that uh, that heavy outside of Ferris. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel like I, then I was trying to remember back. I know he's never said that he's dyslexic. And so I'm like, I feel like we didn't put, unless I'm missing something, we didn't put that in the previous seasons. I don't think uh, so. I was like, because I know George was on the, he was telling her that while she was on the foreground and they were in the background and Nancy was yelling at Ace about Chunky. I was halfway expecting George to turn around and ask Nancy about it. And Nancy would be like, oh, yeah, he is. Not that George wouldn't believe him, but it was, yeah, it was uh, an interesting inclusion. It was. I wonder if we'll see more. Like, so for anybody who wants to see dyslexic representation on screen, um, Will Trent is an ABC mm -hmm procedural um that has been renewed so you won't be wa watching into a show whose fate is undecided it'll be back um although who knows when it's going to come back <laughs> true true but it is expected for 2024 but the main character 
literally will trend is dyslexic and it is uh, talked about in the story it informs how he investigates uh and so if you want to see that or you want to give it a try uh, i would recommend that uh series wholeheartedly because he sees things that other people don't see because of the way that he has to move around a crime scene and he they do show like um assistive technology that he uses why it might be difficult for him he, like he carries around a quarter because he can't really read his reports um and so it's, I mean, it's a great show. Like, but if you want to see dyslexic representation, like full out, that would be a show that you could tune into. Um, but I wonder if they're going to showcase that with Carson because he hasn't used any assistive technology or spoken about it before. But again, great to have representation. George also said that she believes that she um, has ADHD and she was told in school that she should go see um if that is the case i wonder if she will go see if that's the case or if we're just going to self-diagnose and move forward i don't know but it makes sense about that that scene when carson looks at the board and he just erases it and best takes a picture to save george's feelings because i was sad for george i was like what carson doing <laughs> I got she it though, hard <laughs> she did work hard i got it though because it wasn't i thought he was going to be teaching her a means of or structuring the information yeah, clearly. She had it like she had like arrows and everything all over the place. But I just so that's why I did not expect the conversation to open to, you know, people learn differently and they remember differently. And this is how I do it and this is how you do it. I thought it was a beautiful, open, vulnerable conversation. Yes. yes I just yes. was not ready for it. I just wasn't yeah. prepared. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't think that was gonna be the outcome. I thought it was gonna be like a oh Carson undercut my work and I feel bad about it. I thought that was going to be the story. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad it's not in retrospect because um, I don't know, end of sentence, but but yeah. Unexpected, not unwanted, not unwarranted, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you heard that thunder, but it's storming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw me like jump, it was because thunder came out of nowhere. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that means we should probably sign yeah, this off guy's for the like, pod. No more Nancy talk. <laughs> like, okay, well, listen, we ca- we caught the signs. Uh, but <laughs> thank you guys for listening and for watching Where the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina, and I'm Reed. Bye, y'all. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.